Hello, my name is Maurice Harker. What you're about to listen to is a clip from a live training session with either an individual or a group who are anxiously engaged in recovering their marriages. Please listen to several of the recordings in this podcast, and then, when you are ready, seriously consider attending the live weekly trainings from your home via webinar. My ability to provide enough individual and marriage therapy sessions has become very limited, so I created the marriage repair workshops so I could serve more people at a lower cost for you. So please, when you're ready, investigate your options at www.lazaruslectures.com. That's L-A-Z-A-R-U-S-L-E-C-T-U-R-E-S.com. I look forward to meeting you and to serving you well. I would love to play a part in decreasing your pain and increasing your happiness. See you soon. Hope's a super scary balance beam. Too much hope, too much hope, and you're going to get hurt. Not enough hope, and you won't put in enough effort. So the way you measure that is not based on mathematics or statistics. When you have your pioneer woman ritual with God, you ask him for the correct amount of hope for today. And then we try to put it in your wagon so you have the correct amount for today. Sometimes you're going to need more hope than is logical. All right. Sometimes you're going to need less hope than is logical. But you're going to have to have some before you enter. If you have zero hope, don't even try to walk into season one. Retreat back to season four and spend some more time with God. Because if going into a season one experience with zero hope, you're just going to burn out. And you're going to be more likely to misbehave, which means behave against your value system. Just want to clarify what we mean by misbehave is based on your value system, not everybody else's. So your hope meters should change almost daily. And then the ritual of grieving takes us back to what lesson four, lesson three. One of the earlier lessons will review the process of if you're experiencing something less edifying than you were hoping for. Some men, they part of what they talk for is in hopes of just using you as a sounding board for their verbal processing. They haven't thought through what they're going to say. They haven't thought through their feelings. And so they bounce things off you, hoping that you'll help clarify it for them or hoping that by talking, it will clarify it for themselves. Many women are also verbal processors. They Things become more clear to them as they're talking. If you haven't noticed, being the sounding board for someone who's a verbal processor actually is hard. You have to avoid interrupting them, disrupting them, confusing them by misinterpreting what they're saying, being nurturing and clarifying without taking control of the conversation. And so if you have someone who is using you for verbal processing, you have just as much of a right to say, as much as I would like to be in a position to listen to you, I'm not able to do so. I can for five minutes, I can for 10 minutes, and then my brain is too exhausted. This is, as, as professionals, um, in fact, this is pretty much what happened last Friday. As I was self-assessing and looking at my schedule of my responsibilities, my daughter, who's an athlete, was trying to push me, dad, push through, push through, you can do this. And I'm all, I can push through and do this the way an athlete does at the end of a workout, 
but people are paying me to concentrate, listen, and be present. And I can't do that right now. I can't be attentive and focused with my depleted energy right now. And so you need to be as responsible for yourself as I have to be with myself as a clinician to say to somebody, what you have to say may be very important, but I'm in no condition to hear you out or to be your sounding board. There are many people out there that could be. There are trainers, there are life coaches, there are therapists, there are friends, but you should not feel guilty for running out of the resources to be someone else's sounding board when you have been it for some time. And even like perhaps if you find you're not that good at it, if you try to do reflective thinking a few times with someone and you get it wrong every time, you might want to send them to somebody else. Uh, human beings have a tendency to overoffer sometimes. Hey, call me if you need help. There's like a bridge with a bunch of holes in it. They get a nice paint job on the road, but then you try to drive across and it collapses. You can be nice about not trusting people. I don't trust most of my clients. I'm still nice to them. Okay. It's like, Hey, I promise I'm not going to do something stupid this week. I go, okay. All right. I don't trust them, but that's okay. I can still be nice and I can still associate with them. Hello, you've just finished listening to one of our episodes of Memoirs of an LDS Therapist. It's important to me that you have a chance to get more and more of these principles. We kept this brief because you probably have a busy life, but there's so much more. So please listen to the rest of these episodes and look for ways to apply them to your life. And ready f when you're ready for some deep and complex training, please look us up at lifechangingservices.org, specifically the marriage repair workshops and the Lazarus lectures. I look forward to seeing you in those more advanced trainings.